This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our reading from the daily office is from Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds again gathered around him, and as was his custom, he again taught them. Some, testing him, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allows a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. In the reading from Mark's Gospel, we find Jesus having traveled to somewhere in the region of Judea, uh, beyond the Jordan River, teaching a crowd of people there. Some Pharisees once again show up to test him, to trap him into giving a wrong answer to a question. And this time, the question is about divorce. Now, divorce is mentioned about 33 times in the Bible. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Paul address divorce in various ways and in varying contexts. The Pharisees throw in Jesus' face that Moses, 
God's very own chosen lawgiver, allowed a man to unilaterally write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce his wife, while the woman had no say in the matter, and she did not. The deck was really stacked against women in those days. And knowing this, Jesus points out that this rule was given because of the hardness of heart of men and a system run by men and unfair to women. Jesus' answer to them eliminates their ability to be arbitrary and capricious, pointing out that a married man and a woman are one in their unity sanctified by God and not to be separated by the arbitrary whims of the male party. Even Jesus' disciples get into it with Jesus concerning one of the direct results of marriage, having children who were also treated as second-class citizens, maybe or worse. The disciples try to shoo away the children and the people bringing them, probably their mothers, you know, from even approaching Jesus. At the objection of the disciples, Jesus blesses these little children. Jesus upbraids the disciples and blesses them and holds them up as perfect examples of how we might best enter into the reign of God. Divorce and the treatment of children continues to be a very complex subject indeed. I am not going to tackle it here, but I would like to share with you a very lovely, touching, godly, humane, contemporary, and contemplative treatment of the subject of divorce written by Frederick Beekner. Beekner addresses the law of love in this way, and I now quote, Jesus said that the one supreme law is that we are to love God with all our hearts, minds, and souls, and our neighbors as ourselves, meaning that all lesser laws are to be judged on the basis of that supreme one, a legalistic religion like the Pharisees is in some ways very appealing. All you have to do in any kind of ethical dilemma is look it up in the book and act accordingly. Jesus, on the other hand, says all you have to do is love God and your neighbors. That may seem more appealing still until in dilemma after dilemma, you try to figure out just how to go about doing it. Then Beekner continues, Jesus doesn't mean loving as primarily a feeling. Instead, he seems to mean that whether or not any feeling is involved, loving God means honoring and obeying and staying in constant touch with God. And loving your neighbor means acting in their best interests, no matter what. Even if personally you can't stand them, Nothing illustrates the difficulty of all this better than the situation of a man and woman who for one reason or another decide to divorce, but take their faith seriously enough to want to do what's right. Jesus himself comes out strongly against it. What God has joined together, let no one separate, is the way he puts it. Then Beekner points out, Presumably, his laws are to be judged by the same standards as the next person's. Who knows what has gone amiss in the marriage? Who knows which partner, if either, is more at fault? Who knows what the long-term results, either of splitting up or of staying together, will be? 
If there are children, who can say which will be better for them, those small neighbors we are commanded to love along with the rest of them? Will it be living on with married parents whose constant battling, say, can do terrible things to children? Or will it be going off with one divorced parent or the other and falling victim to all the feelings of rejection, guilt, and loss, which can do equally terrible things to children, if not more so? What would the law of love have you do in a situation so complex, precarious, fateful? How can you best serve in love the best interests of the husband or wife you were miserable with, your children, yourself, God? There is no book to look up the answer in. There is only your own heart and whatever by God's grace it has picked up in the way of insight, honesty, courage, humility, and maybe above everything else, compassion. So this is the end of the quote. And I might add to that very long quote of Frederick Buechner, seek good counsel and guidance. And let us reflect on Buechner's reflection on the law of love. The law of love is universal. How might it apply not only to divorce, but also to other of life's challenges? How might our own hearts, minds, and souls be guided by the love, grace, and mercy of God to honesty, courage, humility, and compassion? Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim, we proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light to revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And now let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And now I'll pray for us the collect for this day from the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now let us take some time together, pausing our worship, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, and in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people in the multitude of your mercies, 
look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls. And to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us now pray together the Collect for the Human Family, found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations and the whole human race may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. And now let us pray together the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice from page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray the concluding collect from page 139. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Let us now go in peace, hope, joy, to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus.